0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy.
1: Whatever your current age, be it 43, 56, or 63, whatever, ask yourself this question. Am I afraid of growing old? If you answer yes, the next question to ask yourself is why? Why? What's wrong with being old? Are you perhaps a victim of the destructive and limiting myths, biases, stereotypes, and misconceptions of getting older so common in our society today? Success in life is defined primarily by the job you hold and the money you earn, and once retired, you really don't matter anymore. Or how about in today's high-tech, social media-driven society, those at middle age and beyond are surviving dinosaurs from a prehistoric age incapable of adapting to the modern world? Or how about as you progress through the latter stages of middle age and become a senior citizen, your mind and body will steadily deteriorate? until you become a burden on your family with ultimate destination memory care at a nursing home. Without doubt, there's a useful bias in America today, but you don't have to fall victim to the so-called conventional wisdom. In fact, my guest, Dr. Ken Druck, is here to suggest how you can break through self-destructive biases about aging and make peace with and find joy in every stage of life, including those so-called senior years, And Dr. Druck uh, labels it Courageous Aging. And, in fact, he's just published a book with that title, Courageous Aging, Your Best Years Ever Reimagined. And Ken Druck, Ph.D., is uh, over the past 40 years, he's been a true pioneer in human potential movement. And he has broken new ground on the psychology of uh, men, parent effectiveness, healing after loss, visionary leadership, and now Courageous Aging. He's a regular guest on CNN, Fox News, PBS, network news programs, and has been interviewed by every major newspaper, including the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today. I suspect most of us read at least some of those uh, newspapers. And he's winner of the prestigious Distinguished Contribution to Psychology and Visionary Leadership Awards, and at now age 67, and as he said, proud to say that, Dr. Druck has entered a new chapter and is passionate about inspiring others like you and me on courageously aging and reimagining the future as we age. Hello, Dr. Ken Druck. It's indeed an honor to have you with us here today.
0: Roy, it's such a pleasure to be with you. I, I love your show, I love what you're doing. Uh, Middle age can truly be your best best age. And I'm so excited to be able to talk with you today about that.
1: Well, to begin in Chapter 3 of your new book, uh, is titled The Myth of Graceful Aging. What is this myth? Isn't it impossible to transition gracefully into our twilight years?
0: <laughs> you know, it is, it, grace is a beautiful thing. And making transitions in our lives with grace is a great thing. Yeah. But the idea that we just simply flip a switch and we suddenly, graceful, suddenly We suddenly find grace, it's just not true. No. We struggle, we suffer, we deliberate, we doubt, yeah. we go through some speed bumps. Um, we don't age gracefully all the time. That's now, sure. ideally, it's a wonderful goal and a wonderful aspiration to find grace, to make peace, yeah. to resolve a lot of the issues and conflicts we've carried through our lives, and even... To make peace with the proposition that life is. The the fact that we get to live for a while, we're on lease, and then our lease runs out. So uh, all these things are possible, and grace is wonderful, but we have to be realistic too.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, to begin the process of courageous aging, you tell us to perform a self-audit. And what's the purpose of this and what are we seeking to uncover and how would you suggest we conduct this self audit how do we go about doing that
0: Well Roy it's it, it's you know the first step of any any kind of growing or learning or pr- any process that makes us the better smarter more courageous version of ourselves yeah. is really to stop and reflect it's to unplug from all the noise and to <laughs> take inventory of ourselves to look in the mirror and you know the first chapter of my courageous aging book is a self audit there are questions and as a matter of fact your listeners can simply uh, go onto our website and they can get it for free downloaded Mm -hmm. but um, or they can find it in the first chapter of the book and it simply allows us to begin to systematically ask questions about how am I doing with this aging thing? <laughs> you know, what are the challenges that I'm facing? What are the fears that, uh, or dreaded the dreaded future that I've been designing in my mind? What are the yeah, challenges face, as well as what are the opportunities?
1: You need to face up to where you stand, like you said, before you can really start uh, planning on a
0: better way to do things. So it exactly. It's almost sense. like bringing, in your sh- bringing your car into the shop and saying, fix this. Yeah. You know, no, they've got, to, they've got to do a little bit of analytics. They've got to look at under the hood. And this is the kind of looking under the hood process. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, to see, you know, here's where I stand. And when people take the self-audit, it's not just that you're sitting there. I'm asking people to take that red pencil or pen that you've been <laughs> keeping in the top drawer, take it out and circle those items, those issues that are hot spots. In other words yeah. those issues that are the most that draw the biggest emotional charge from you yeah. that you feel you know what this is really something this is my work you know we have our work cut out for us at every stage of life don't we
1: yeah
0: you know from from the very beginning as kids adjusting to teen our teen years and our young adult years and getting a career and a job and a yeah. marriage and a partner and then possibly going through the challenges of our work years and retirement, and then the the challenges and opportunities of aging. So I think in each season of life, we take inventory, we look under the hood, and we get to reset our trajectory on a better path to get the results we want.
1: And so few of us do that. You know, it seems like so many times we just drift through, uh, you know, circumstances determine where we work and uh, when we get a promotion and uh, when we retire, maybe we get laid off. And uh, we so few of us uh, really take the effort to do that self-audit and then plan a, a path. Obviously, we can't uh, influence everything that happens in life, but we can certainly uh, have an overall uh, game plan and objective. And that's what
0: exactly. so us
1: do, especially the gracefully age <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, there's an old saying that if you don't know where you're going, you'll get there. <laughs>
1: well, in Chapter you know, 6, you encourage us to embrace life as a package deal. What do you mean by the term package deal, and how will it benefit us to view life in that way?
0: Well, I think if we if we stay grounded in reality, life is a package deal. You know, we get the ups and the downs, the peaks and the valleys. Uh, we get the good stuff we get the joy, but we also get the setbacks. All yeah. of us have suffered disappointments, uh, all of us have suffered hurt, and all of us have experienced frustration. Uh, so when we go through these rough stretches or di- dry spells in our lives, having summon the, summoning the courage and the perspective, the patience, the encouragement, and the faith to go forward is critically important. That's what determines our character, and the quality of our lives, because we all have speed bumps, don't we?
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So, well, so life is a package deal. We get the good and the bad, and we need to find ways to deal with those tough spots, those rough seasons of life, yeah. where where we're experiencing a lot of challenges, including the later years, yeah. including that, including that back nine of life. Yeah.
1: Well, sad to say, at middle age, so many of us consciously or unconsciously have bought into society's slate of judgments and prejudices that define who we are and who we will be at age 50, 60, 75, or beyond. What are some of the most common biases about aging, and how best can we break the habit and put this destructive, age-limiting thinking behind us?
0: Well, part of it has to do with, you know, the subtitle of my book is reimagining your best possible future. Oh. And that reimagining really is using your imagination. Yeah. We use our imagination to conjure up dread and fear yeah. and horrible pictures of, you know, how awful it's going to be and what victims we are of life. Yeah. And instead of doing that, let's use your, our imagination for something constructive and positive. Yeah. Let's use our imagination to think forward so what is it that would make my heart sing? What is it that I, what kind of relationships do I want in my life? Yeah. What are the people I want to be close to and around? Where do I want to be living? Yeah. What's an ideal living situation for me? And also, what do I need to do to put my house in order? I'm worried, you know, maybe I'm worried about finances or I'm yeah. worried about uh, my estate or uh, who's going to take care of me and so on and so forth. So what is it that I need to do, what's my work, and where's my work yes, ethic
1: it, it certainly to put might, it makes my house no in sense. order? It makes no sense to sit around worrying about uh, your future finances and um, your estate and all that kind of stuff and yet not do anything about it <laughs> and just worry more exactly. and more as you grow older. But, uh,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. What are some of the most important steps we should take to begin from this day forward aging courageously? You let's well, of those in your Well, every
0: book. one of the steps, every one of the chapters in this book is one more step. Oh, I see. And I think, I think every step for moving forward, you know, it's not something that, that I'm going to be able to describe in a minute. No. But every step, for example putting our house in order, the first step is to let go of regrets. Write them. and there are exercises in every chapter. There are exercises that I use in my Courageous Aging workshops and seminars. Yeah. And, for example, there's an exercise in what is it that I'm dragging around, what regrets, <laughs> failures, remorse, grief, and heaviness, There's nothing I more destructive and
1: pointless is to carry on exactly. those old regrets.
0: <laughs> but what am I carrying around that I need to lighten my load, that I need to let go of? Yeah, I like Finally, how you say,
1: show yourself kindness, compassion, and patience as well. Obviously, uh, you know, if we keep beating ourselves up for something we did wrong 20 years ago or whatever, and uh, what. Maybe we... it's
0: like being in a courtroom where there's only a prosecuting attorney. Yeah. There's no judge, jury or defense <laughs> yeah. attorney to say, I object, Your Honor. You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. We indict ourselves. We, we produce evidence and we beat ourselves up and we convict ourselves and punish <laughs> ourselves rather than <laughs> rather than saying, you know what? I did the best I could with what I had. Yeah. I'm smarter now. I'm a better person now. I'm capable of looking back and seeing that I might have done some things differently, but I have to forgive myself. I have to ask for forgiveness and and apologize to people that I might have done wrong. I've got to clear the slate and clear the air so that I can live forward, so that I can live and create, and I have all this now room to operate and all this emotional freedom rather than dragging a a hundred-pound backpack around with me, full of regrets, remorse, failed expectations, and the like.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Well, a common challenge in the latter stages of the Middle age is transitioning to retirement. In your book's introduction, you contrast the outlooks on retirement years of a husband, Jack, and a wife, Sarah, where Sarah envisions retirement as a time to really live, while Jack fears he will feel useless. Retirement is a black hole, as you put it. Assuring finances are in order, can you offer any suggestions on how to first visualize and then implement a joyful and proactive retirement? How do you go about uh, doing that? Well, the
0: first thing is not to wait until you retire. <laughs> yeah. The first thing is to, <laughs> is to realize that we have to begin retiring way before we retire. Amen. If, if at all possible. And I mean by that that we need to diversify our investments, just like we diversify our stocks yeah. and our bonds and our, all the places we invest our time, energy, money, and resources so that we're not retiring and falling off the deep end and staring into the abyss with no meaning, no status, no identity, no clue about what we're going to do with the hours of the day uh, besides, besides sink into depression yeah. and despair. You know, and it makes
1: so much. You're you're not retire. You're retiring from a specific job, but you're not retiring yes. from life. And your exactly value as an individual and all of your talents and the, and the, the things you like to do. They're still there. It's just you're not working anymore for X Y Z Corporation or whatever.
0: <laughs> and that's an important distinction. I love the way you said that. Because if if we begin to start thinking, and maybe, you know, it's too late. Maybe the person who's listening right now is already retired. That's okay, too. Yeah. It's time for you to get to work and to use your imagination and to think about what could make my heart sing. What could I do? Now, I had an example of a doctor I've been working with and coaching and helping who read my book. Mm-hmm. And the doctor was a, was a nationally known brain surgeon. Oh, wow. Suddenly he's going to retire, and he's, he's getting so depressed, his wife says, you know, I, can't, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. This is going to be miserable. I, I'm dreading this retirement. Yeah. And I, he and I had a, a very down-to-earth talk, and I said, your goal is to travel. You're trying to retire and to take some of the pressure off and to have an easier season of life. Could you possibly travel, have an easier season of life, and go to some of these exotic places you want to travel? But help young doctors have a session with the young doctors in that country, teaching them what you know about how to do brain surgery. Something you know that, that's that such a never... great
1: example. You're you're combining relaxation and uh, travel and stuff you like to do, but on the other hand, you throw in. Uh you know, the service to others by training young physicians. And it really needs to be a combination of uh, doing things you want to do but on your own terms and things you're good at so you're helping others in the process. And that, that's
0: Exactly. That's it's important. repurposing. You yeah. know, we have all these skills and talents and experience, and it's repurposing those things to help. Now, there's a program in San Diego and around the country called OASIS and their goal and their mission, with all their programs, is to help seniors and retired folks repurpose their skills by helping, by paying the good in their lives forward and helping kids, helping young people find their way and giving them coaching, mentoring, tutoring, and so on. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing that re gives us a sense of purpose and ability to live forward, to have excitement, meaning, and to know that we're living from our gratitude, not yeah. from our resentments oh, and yeah, our fears. That,
1: that's so important. We have so much to be grateful for, and yet sometimes we concentrate on all the things wrong and uh forget the blessings that we have in our lives. Well, Chapter 10 of your book is titled Irre- Irreverent, Vibrant, and Audacious Living. And uh, what is a summary description of what that means? I guess we can sort of figure it out. But.
0: Well, Roy, if, if you and I were old buddies and we were on the phone, I'd be asking you, hey, what have you done for fun lately? Yeah. You know, and, and you'd be asking me the same question because sometimes we're, we're on such a work track in our lives and we're we're just checking off all the things on that to do list, and what we forget to do is to have fun, to kick up some dust, to get into some good trouble. Yeah. And I think so irreverent, having irreverent, audacious aging means that we're not we're not inhibited the way we used to be. No. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go out and buy an eccentric hat and wear it. We're gonna <laughs> you know we're gonna we're find not a shirt.
1: Just because yeah. we're not 25 doesn't mean we can't uh, <laughs> wear clothes that uh, we want to wear or do what we want to do, go places or go to a rock concert if we want to go to that or whatever.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's our it's our choice. We're never too old to have fun, are we?
1: No. Well, let's talk a little bit about your latest book, uh, Courageous Aging, Your Best Years Ever Reimagined. What was your primary goal in writing the book?
0: Well, you know, every season of my life, Roy, has been about, uh, I'm one of these people who conducts an inquiry, kind of, I have this burning curiosity to learn. And each season of my life has presented me with different challenges. I wrote a book in the early 1980s about the psychology of men, because I wanted to be a better father and a better friend and a healthier guy. And we were redefining what it meant to be a man. I wrote a book about parenting in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. after a personal tragedy in my life, losing my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book about grief and loss and how we overcome adversity. And then I wrote a book about resilience. And this book, you know, happens at a time in my life where I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at the clock here. Mm-hmm. I'm turned, I just turned 68, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? You're more creative than you've ever been in your whole life. Mm-hmm. you're more experienced, you're more confident and secure. How are you going to take advantage of all these wonderful assets and and create a beautiful future going forward for yourself? Yeah. And I decided to start writing about it and researching, and what I ran into was a wall of resistance, and you know that we have such the, such biases in our mm-hmm. culture. We portray older people as as buffoons who are losing their edge and losing their memory, uh, who are out of touch and out of sync, and that's just not true. We are are perhaps at – we have the potential for being the best we've ever been in so many areas, and if we make some adjustments – and if we keep don't our stand in our own
1: way by saying we're too old
0: <laughs> exactly then we then we have that beautiful future out in front of us. No, we're not going to live forever, none of us gets out of this alive yeah. you know we We get to make a transition into this thing called death and and we have no idea exactly what that is, but we're you know we're all going there, so yeah. how about we plant a tree? That somebody, our, grand, our kids, our grandkids, our future generations can sit in the shade of that giving tree. So let's find a way to make peace with our lives in such a way and make peace with the proposition of life in such a way and put our house in order so that we can be at peace and enjoy every day, every moment of whatever we have left.
1: Boy, that says it all, doesn't it? Well, I noticed that. Now, where best should we go to uh, preview and purchase your book? Where's the best place? We, to?
0: You can go right on Amazon. You know, we have wonderful. We have this wonderful thing called Amazon.com. And yeah, this one. If you know how to get online, you go to Amazon.com and you go to Courageous Aging. Your best years ever, or look at look up my last name Druck yeah. D R U C K Ken Druck. And you'll find that book, and you'll be able to order right there. I think it costs like eight dollars to order it on your Kindle, and then a couple of more dollars if you want to have them get it to you in a day or two. Yeah. So you can get easy. it there. You can get it at your Barnes and Noble. You can get it at any one of your local bookstores. Just go in there or call them and say, "Hey, I heard this guy on the radio, and uh, he's got a book called Courageous Aging, and I'd like to—I'd like a copy." for myself and for my best friend.
1: Well, it's easy to find. I I notice your website is packed with uh, helpful resources. What's that website address? People may want to go there.
0: It's com. Anybody can go to my website. You can also get the book there. Go to com, and you can order the book there as well. And you can also find articles I write regularly for everything from the New York Times, the Huffington Post. Yeah. And I write about, I just wrote a piece uh, that you might love called uh, Hot Flashes and Costco. <laughs> I had a woman tell me, why do you think all the women are in the freezer section at Costco? They're having hot flashes, you know. So I wrote about that. And then I wrote about a story about being on the best sellers list. Our book is moving up to the bestsellers list. So, oh, But I wrote about what's really important to me is not the New York Times bestsellers list, it's the Aunt Marion bestsellers list. Yeah. My Aunt Marion is 92. She spent four years hiding in a basement in Austria during the Holocaust. Oh, wow. And I gave her a copy of my book last month at, when we were at a family wedding together. Hmm. And she called me two weeks ago. To tell me that my book had given her a sense of peace that she never had before in her life, okay. and I decided, you know what? I'm number one on the Aunt Marion bestseller list, not the New York Times most sellers list, but yeah. on the Aunt Marion bestsellers list. But you
1: needn't I mean, wait to age 92 to get the benefit of that book, believe me. But I people
0: have to... people buying it. <laughs> I'm on the radio for shows of people in their 40s, 50s, because yeah. you'd be amazed. People turning 40 are going through just as much dread and fear of aging as people who are turning 70 or 80. Yeah, we talk about 90. that
1: all the time on this program, and why you shouldn't do that. But uh, to conclude it's a waste in the waste inter- of
0: life and a waste yeah. of time, huh? Yeah,
1: and, and, and to conclude in the introduction to his book, Courageous Aging, Ken Druck offers this snippet of wisdom from his personal experience now at age 68. He says, I never felt so calm, confident, more trained, grateful, loving, or loved as I do right now, but I've also never felt so fragile vulnerable, or well old. And to me, that effectively sums it up for you and me, just like for Dr. Ken. Aging is no simple matter, but it can be accepted, planned for, and possibly reimagined. And if you need some help in doing so, and I suspect most of us do, I highly recommend Dr. Ken uh, Druck's new book, Uh, Courageous Aging. And thank you so much, Dr. Ken, for uh, joining us here today. It's certainly been a Worthwhile twenty minutes
0: Roy, it's an honor to be on your show and thank you for the good work that you're doing for all the people uh, that are that are listening to you and I, I imagine we're going to be adding a whole many uh, a whole new crop of listeners to your show.
1: Well, let's hope so. We always want to expand our congregation of midlife renewed people, and thank you so much for joining. Thank us. Thank you. The Christmas and New Year's holiday season is fast approaching. Have you made your holiday travel arrangements? And if you want to get away for the holidays this year, it's definitely time to start arranging. And last year, the number of Americans who traveled over the holidays reached an all-time high of more than 103 million people. And this year promises to be even busier, what with the uh, strong economy. And I thought this would be an ideal program to invite a travel industry expert to assist you and me in making our holiday plans. And I found just the right person in Kyle Goings, a travel expert from Orbitz.com, the renowned online facility for booking airlines, hotels, resorts, car rentals, lots of other things over the holidays and any time during the year. And hello, Kyle, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, let's start from the beginning. What are the best days to fly during the Christmas and New Year's holiday season? Are there some best days or... uh,
2: Uh, Yeah, there are. So what we see consistently in our data here at Orbitz is that Christmas and Thanksgiving are always in the top three busiest travel weeks of the year. So crowds are more or less unavoidable, but there are some (laughs) strategies that you can use. Um, You can try to depart on the actual day of the holiday early in the morning, so you'll still have uh, most of the day to celebrate with family and friends. Another strategy is you uh, you can book at a less busy time of day. So try to go early in the morning, late at night, where people tend to not really want to fly then, and you will be able to avoid some of the crowds. So Yeah, that's
1: true. Um, but what are the worst days to fly, days we should try to avoid at all costs?
2: Uh, we, we tend to see just a couple of days leading up to the holiday uh, mm-hmm. tend to be the busiest, just because people want to get there and get settled in and have some time to relax. So yeah, especially
1: problems. if, uh, like this year, I think the Friday before Christmas is the tw- – or the two days before Christmas is a Friday – I would think that would be, or no, it's the 22nd of Friday. Saturday is the 23rd, so I would think those would be pretty bad days.
2: <laughs> yep, definitely. I would. That's that's when I would want to travel if I didn't have to worry about crowds at all. But unfortunately, it's something that we all have to live with because everyone's traveling a lot, like you, you know mentioned. What?
1: I've been told by friends that there are, quote, best days in advance of your flight to book reservations in order to get the lowest fare. Is there any truth to that, and is it already too late to book a real bargain fare for a flight right around uh, December 25th, right before, say? or? Uh...
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as in, a in general rule of thumb, you want to book as early as possible. Um, yeah. It is not too late to score a good deal on holiday travel, so... Um, What I'm seeing is that we should be able to start seeing the fares go up over the next few days. So if there's any people that have not booked their travel, I would suggest doing that um, hopefully in the next day or two because based on our past data, it should be going up kind of around this weekend time frame.
1: Oh, I see. Well, I I haven't booked my reservation for Austin, Texas yet, so I better get going. Well, let's turn briefly to tactics we might employ to reduce the hassles of holiday air traffic. Can you offer some tips for getting the whole family through airport security as quickly and as smoothly as possible?
2: Yeah, so... um A couple months ago, TSA put in some new uh, requirements where they require travelers to put larger electronics, basically anything bigger than a cell phone, into the baskets and bins, so you can't take that in your carry-on luggage. So just make sure those are easily accessible, ready to remove. Or what I personally do is I have TSA pre-check, and that exempts me from those restrictions, so I I can get through in a breeze. And the really good thing for families is that if you have one person get TSA pre-check, you can actually get your entire... Um, family, if they're on the same reservation, through as well. So that's that's the best tip I can provide.
1: Well, how much time, and this, I guess, varies by airport, but what do you recommend people should get to the airport? How much time before their actual flight?
2: Uh, Roughly about two hours for domestic, a little bit longer for international, maybe two and a half, three hours. Okay, that sounds good. And over the holidays, so many of us will be traveling as
1: families, including teenagers. Of course, middle-aged folks don't have small kids often, but uh, pre-teens, maybe even some small children. And are there any tips for traveling with kids and teens while you keep your sanity?
2: Yeah. Um, I personally don't have kids, but I remember my, some of my parents' strategies when I was a little bit younger. Uh, many airports have kiddie play areas, so you can have, oh. like, slides and just little playgrounds. Uh, so you could research that if you do have smaller children and see yeah. if your airport has it and where it is. Yeah. Um, you could also just try to travel, like I said earlier, in in the early morning or later at night, and yeah. you could try to get them to sleep during that time or for a little bit older, older children or kids, you could have, like, teens, I guess. You could mm-hmm. try to uh, convince them to download a lot of, like, movies, TV shows onto the tablets, and that <laughs> should help keep them occupied. Most of them are pretty addicted to their tablets anyway, so
1: <laughs> maybe that will keep them busy. But over, uh, let's talk a bit about the benefits of booking through your website, orbits.com. And over the holiday season or any time, what are a few of the uh Travel items a listener can book through orbits. I know there were some, uh, you know, other than flights, hotel, and rental cars, there were some other interesting um, items you can book through orbits. What are those?
2: Yeah. So we do sell a lot of air, hotel, and rental cars, but really the the best way to save money, in my opinion, and we've seen this in our data, is if you actually start bundling those things together, called vacation packages, we get uh, special rates from our suppliers, so like from the hotel chains or the airline carriers, where when we bundle a flight and a hotel together, for example, we actually get special rates that we can then pass along to the the users and, and customers of Orbit. So that's really the best way to save money on travel.
1: I was surprised you also um, can book cruises through orbits. And uh, what I thought was really fascinating, uh, activities at your destination. For instance, I went to uh, Austin, Texas, and there were a whole bunch of activities from an aquarium to boat ride to a whole lot of things you can sign up for on the the site, I guess, which is really yeah. fascinating if, if you wonder what you're going to do over the whole week you're perhaps at your travel destination.
2: Yeah, I was recently in Europe and booked a lot of my tours and kind of stuff like that, like you were mentioning, all the activities through Orbits as well. So yeah, we, also, we offer many more options than just the traditional flight, hotel, and car.
1: That's great. Are your rates for flights, hotels, and rental cars competitive with the rates you'd get by purchasing them directly from an airline, hotel, or a rental car company? I think yeah,
2: I, I mean, the there's answer. exceptions to every rule, so there's not a hard and fast rule. But I would say, in general, the vast majority of the time, we have very competitive rates, yes. And yeah, the advantage of booking with Orbit is that we have a loyalty program, so you can actually uh, earn rewards or bucks across multiple different types of hotel chains or airline carriers, so you're not just stuck with one. That's one of the real benefits of booking with Orbitz. Yeah, I thought
1: I noticed that those Orbitz, they sound very interesting. (laughs) Well, where and how do we become eligible for your Orbitz award program? Where do we go to do that?
2: Yeah, so you can just go to the Orbitz.com. I think it's slash rewards, but if you're not, you can just go to the home page, and there should be a tab there that you can click on, and it will provide you with a – um, an option to sign up there and then you can start earning and the best thing is that it's free so there's really nothing nothing to lose and you can only gain
1: and I also said that
2: uh,
1: it's the only program where customers can earn rewards immediately on flights hotels and packages that sounded great but uh, and i noticed there was a join reward tab right at the top of the page so it'd be easy enough to find well, what if we uh, need to contact Orbitz we're, while we're on the road? Do you offer an Orbitz app that we can download to our mobile devices? Or, uh...
2: Yeah, we do. We have, a, we have an Orbitz app. It's really great. I use it all the time for booking my travel. You can actually earn extra rewards through the Orbitz program if you do book through the app. So that's oh, another perk of that. And you can also um email and call directly from the app. So oh, that's great. So definitely ready to help as needed. Well, I discovered another unique
1: feature. Let's say a listener is undecided and is still seeking travel ideas for... Christmas, New Year's, holiday break, or for sometime next year. Tell us about the fascinating Discover tab on your Orbitz website. I was really impressed by that.
2: Yeah, so that's something that we um, put on the website, I think, earlier this summer, so a few months ago, and what it does is you can basically just search for anything, and it it will search the entire website, just anything. You don't have to specify a hotel or a car or a cruise. or You can search literally anything, and it will bring up a bunch of relevant content around whatever you're searching.
1: Yeah, I noticed as an example, you had New York vacation this Christmas or Disney vacations, all-inclusive vacations to Mexico. Those are just some samples of what you could research. Well, to conclude, back years ago, you and I endured the hassle of booking a flight, hotel and rental car on the phone one at a time, directly from the providers. And it was one big pain in the rear, as you know, we all know. Uh, furthermore, inexperienced travelers like me never knew whether we were or not we were getting a good deal. And I know we had professional travel agents back then, but going through them was its own hassle, and you never knew for sure that that agent had your best interests in mind, or maybe the uh, travel provi- or the provider's interests in mind. Today we have the wonderful advantage of booking the whole travel experience as a package online or by, by our via our laptop, smartphone or other mobile device. And best of all, we can compare options and can be certain that we are receiving the best available price and terms. And uh, you can be certain that Orbitz.com is not some fly-by-night travel service, here today, gone tomorrow, because they're owned by Expedia, Inc., one of the world's leading travel companies. And my recommendation, if you intend to travel out of town over the holidays and have not yet booked your reservations, Orbits.com is the ideal online destination to visit. And thanks a million, Kyle Goings, for your holiday travel suggestions.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: And to you out there, I know we're just past Thanksgiving, but let me be the first to wish you a most joyful Christmas holiday and a bountiful new year. Goodbye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your
0: Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his middle age renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com dot com.